Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. Welcome to our first podcast with Praying Medic and Praying Medic's wife. Um, we're not exactly sure where this is going to go, but uh, thank you for tuning in and joining us uh, for a conversation after dinner uh, in our office with a couple of glasses of wine and uh, <laughs> the manuscripts for our two books. Um, honey? Hi, this is Praying Medic's wife, and uh, I think we're going to be talking about um, the new book that my husband has written. Actually, it's going to be a series. It'll be, you know, several volumes of stories. So we're going to be talking about that today, and we're also going to talk about the previous book that um, has been a pretty big success on Amazon, Divine Healing Made Simple. Uh, do you want to talk about, I have a lot of things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, what this is all about, um, I'm an actual paramedic. I I work, been working as a paramedic for decades. Um, I've actually been an EMS for 33 years and about five years ago, um, I had my first dream in probably 25 years where God actually came to me in a dream and said, I want you to start praying for your patients, and if you do, I'll heal them. So at the time, I didn't actually believe in healing or miracles. Um, and so I reluctantly started praying with people, and, you know, like most people, nobody nobody was actually healed in the first few years, <laughs> or in the first few months, I should say. So I have a website called prayingmedic.com, I post a lot of messages on their videos, testimonies of people being healed, training and and equipping the saints uh, for the work of ministry. Uh, The major focus is on healing, but I also uh, teach on prophetic ministry, dreams, um, and anything that has to do with advancing the kingdom of God. So if you're not familiar with my website, you can go to prayingmedic.com, check out the articles, um, all kinds of resources on there to encourage and inspire you to uh, do the works of God. So, And you can connect with Praying Medic on Twitter and Facebook as well. Yes. Well, you could connect with me on Facebook, except I deactivated my account yesterday. (laughs) Uh, But you might be up by the time this podcast is... But I might be back on by the time this podcast is out. Um, You never know. We're going through a really busy time right now, so we shut down our Facebook accounts temporarily. Uh, because we are really pedal to the metal on this next book design. Uh, the book is written, um, the editing is done, but there's a lot more to it than that. When we're doing a print book, we've got design work to do on the interior and the cover. Yeah. So <clears throat> When we were doing the first book, uh, she spent, gosh, months 
going through um, Photoshop and InDesign documents, flowing the, the text in, fitting it all, uh, getting everything to look right, coming up with images for the cover design. It was, it's a very, very labor-intensive process. If you've never done book design, um, you probably don't have any appreciation for what goes into actually putting a book together, and it's a lot of work. So the reason why I de deactivated my Facebook account is because the two of us are now going to spend the next couple of weeks, um, <clears throat> as she said, with the pedal to the metal. Uh, we spent the last two days just looking on iStock Photo and all these uh, stock image websites trying to find images that might work for our next book, uh, actually two or three books, because it's going to be a series of books. And so we're trying to come up with some images that could be used for two or three books in a row. And we're literally going over hundreds and hundreds of images on her computer and on my computer trying to find images that are going to work. And we haven't even actually decided on a title yet, have we? Yeah, we're having a little disagreement about that, actually. <laughs> um, the, the original concept was my top 100 craziest adventures with God. And it was going to be stories that my husband had compiled over the years um, a lot of healing experiences um, when he prayed with patients, but there's also testimonies of financial miracles that we've experienced, um, healing of mechanical devices and cars. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so True anyway, um, the the book title, uh, I ended up saying, well... Are we going to tell them where I got the title from oh, in the first okay. place? Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, I had a dream a few years ago where I was, um, she and I were at a bookstore. I think it was a Barnes & Noble. We were on a book signing tour, and I was carrying this book around in my hand that I had written. And I, was, I looked at the cover of the book, and the, cover, the title was My Top 100 Craziest Adventures with God. So I, I didn't have a grid for writing books at the time. I, I had never thought about being an author. Um, so it took me a while to figure out that God actually wanted me to write these stories down that I would be going through. And I hadn't had a lot of healing uh, success at the time. But the Lord was actually encouraging me to let me know I was going to have a lot of breakthrough and some pretty amazing stories to share. And I asked him one day if I could actually write a book like this. And he said, yes, you can. And if you write it, people will buy it. So... Um, we actually wrote the first book, Divine Healing Made Simple, um, even though I had a dream for the second book uh, before I wrote the first book. Um, this is the one I had to dream about. And once we got going on the manuscript, it turned into this very, very long uh, book that was going to be over 400 pages long. So we decided to split it into two volumes. So we're publishing volume one coming up here in the next uh, month, hopefully. And then we'll publish volume two. But... I wanted to take the title from the book, My Top 100 Craziest Adventures with God, and make that the literal title of the book. And my wife is saying, well, not so fast, mister. We need to talk about this. Because she has to do the design work, and she has to fit all these words in. And then we realized that if we, if we limited it to 100 stories, we're, gonna, we're limiting the number of stories we can tell. And we've already got, uh, we've already have enough stories for two and a half books right now. Plus, um, when you say this is my top 100 craziest adventures with God, that also limits you to 
to this time period that these things have occurred. And I said, there are going to be more crazy adventures and they're going to be over the top. So we better be prepared to write more books and not consider this the top 100 because it won't be in five years. It won't be in, in two years. I mean, new things are always happening and God is always moving. And so we're expecting to see a lot more crazy adventures oh, yeah, in the future. We we're going to have a lot more crazy adventures. So I have had to give up on a lot of things I really wanted to hang on to. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to hang on to the title of that book, and I had to let go of it. So we've changed the title already. And as we were looking at um, images, potential images for the cover of the next book, um, I, she, we weren't finding images that looked the way we wanted them to. And... <clears throat> And the title that we were working with didn't go with the look that we were kind of going in the direction of. So we um, had some discussions over this. Or disagreements. Or disagreements. Uh, no arguments, I don't think. No. And she came up with kind of a retro design uh, for the book cover that looks very, very different from the kind of books um, Pentecostal and charismatic people are putting out nowadays. Um, if we actually end up going with this design, it is going to be very, very different. Um, it's very old. It's very retro it's just, looking. Yeah. It's just a little quirky and it's quirky um, and simple. And, uh, it's, if we end up using this design, it's going to be very, uh, it'll be, it, it will not fit in with the rest of the popular books that you might find on Amazon that are being written by um, Pentecostal and charismatic people or people of any genre. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be, but the, um, but the cover design that she's working on right now, although it's quirky, um, it goes well with the title that we're trying to work with. So it's, yeah. so it's an interesting process. We've this. altered the title to my crazy adventure, craziest adventures with God. And it'll be volume one, volume two, volume three, as time goes on. And um, just using the word craziest, you know, I'm, I'm a graphic designer. So to me, the background and the art has to reflect something a little bit, a little and, bit quirky. A little and bit. you have to find a crazy font. That right. Looks you have to. Quirky. I mean, you can't just be out there with an all peaceful background and, um, so spiritual kind of looking thought. <laughs> so we um, have made some concessions here. Well, we're not sure yet. We're still designing. We're, we're still experimenting. We're still experimenting. Yeah. So um, do you want me to read an excerpt from the from, next book? Sure. From The Craziest Adventures yeah. with God, Volume 1. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to read a story from the next book. Oh, um, I want to say, too, that I have not read all these stories yet. I mean, <laughs> I know the stories because my husband comes home from work and tells me the stories of healings that take place at work and things like that, and some of the stories I'm involved in, so I know those stories, but I haven't seen them written down. And our editor, Lydia Blaine, wonderful editor, has... Um, edited all these stories, but I, I still like to get my fingers in there and edit too. <laughs> so 
things could change just a little bit once I get looking at these stories. Um, but today I was reading this particular story. It's the second story in the book. And I just got tears in my eyes because <laughs> I think there are things in there that I didn't even realize were happening. Yeah, this, um, this book is going to be a bit of a tearjerker. Um, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I have read this manuscript over and over and over. And I, read, I wrote some of these stories three or four years ago. And in the process of writing them and editing them, I still get teary-eyed when I read them, even though I've read them like 10 times. They still really kind of grip my heart sometimes. So this book, I think, is going to... Um, it's going to pull at your heartstrings. It's going to... Um, cause you to really understand the goodness mm -hmm. of God and how amazing he is. And uh, it, hopefully it'll encourage you to go out and have some adventures like the ones that I've had. So I'm going to read um, the story called Migraine Miracle, which is the second story from this book. Um, and here you go. My partner and I were f trying to find some shade to park in between calls. It was an unusually hot day in North Tacoma. The temperature was close to 100 degrees. I felt dry and thirsty, and I was worried about getting dehydrated, so I turned to my partner and said, Hey, can you drive us to the Safeway so I can get a bottle of Gatorade? He drove us to the Safeway and parked the ambulance. I got out and went inside. The air-conditioned store was a welcome change from the oppressive heat outside. There was a cooler full of drinks near the checkout stand, so I grabbed a bottle of Gatorade and went and took my place in line behind a middle-aged woman with blonde hair who was buying a bagel. I'm not sure why, but I looked down at the floor and I closed my eyes. In my mind's eye, I saw an image of a middle-aged woman with blonde hair. I could clearly see the word headaches in white letters on a black background in this image that was in my mind. I looked up and sure enough, the woman buying the bagel was the same woman I saw in my mind's eye. I felt like the Holy Spirit had just told me that this woman uh, in front of me had a migraine headaches. So she paid for her bagel, and she walked over toward the deli. She was wearing a white uniform, and she had on a black apron. Um, it was then that I realized that she was an employee of the store. So I paid for my Gatorade, and I followed her over to the deli. I waited until she'd finished what was, uh, she was doing, and then I got her attention. And I basically said, excuse me, ma'am, do you have a few minutes? Um, she said, I sure do. How can I help you? I said, I'm here to help you get rid of those headaches. She looked at me and said, how do you know about the, my headaches? She cupped her face in her hands and she began sobbing. I just said, well, I was standing in line behind you at the checkout stand and I closed my eyes and I saw a picture of you in my mind with the word headaches. God loves you and I believe he wants to heal you. So as tears were streaming down her cheeks, she said, you don't understand. I've had headaches for years and this morning I woke up with another one. And as I was laying there in bed, I wondered if God would ever heal me of them. Then you show up and tell me that he wants to heal me. <laughs> Who are you? And I said, I guess I'm the guy that he sent to heal you. Is it okay if I pray with you? She said, yes, of course it is. So she walked around the deli counter and stood in front of me. I placed my hands gently on her forehead. And I just said, in Jesus' name, I command these headaches to leave right now. Spirit of pain, I command you to leave. I looked at her name tag and I said, oh, her name's Shelly. Lord, I bless your work of healing in Shelly's life. Then I asked her how she felt. With a look of astonishment, she said, it's gone. It's completely gone. I can't believe it. I don't have any pain at all. 
Um, I was pretty dumbfounded, actually. I'd never seen anyone miraculously healed before. Um, I'd prayed for hundreds of people over the years with almost no fruit to show for it. But I couldn't believe God actually healed someone that I prayed for. I gave Shelly a hug. I gave her a card to my website, and I asked her to keep in touch. I wanted to know if the headaches came back. So I grabbed my bottle of Gatorade. I said goodbye, and I walked out the door into the blistering heat. Shelly wrote about the encounter on her own blog, and this is her account of this story. She actually emailed me this story from her blog uh, about two or three weeks later. I'd been having these extreme headaches for a while. I'd gone to the doctor for them, and he didn't know what was causing them. I tried taking ibuprofen and Excedrin migraine for them, but nothing worked. The morning before, um, I was in my quiet time with God, trying to read Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. After reading it, I was asking God to let his word fall on good soil, since I didn't feel like I was a good Christian. I was sitting there, and my head hurt so bad, and I remember telling God how much my head hurt, and I really couldn't pray. It never occurred to me to ask for healing, because I felt I wasn't worthy to ask. When I got to work, I grabbed some ibuprofen out of my purse, and I took it. Then I thought I'd better get myself a bagel so this stuff doesn't hurt my stomach. I went, uh, I was standing in line, not talking to anyone, didn't tell anyone about my headache. I paid for my stuff, and I went to the bake shop. I looked up and saw a man standing there wearing an ambulance uniform, wanting to talk with me. I just thought he was a customer. He wanted to ask a question. I asked him, how can I help you? He said, I'm here to help you get rid of your headaches. My mind started racing, thinking, what? Who, is, who told him I have a headache? How is he going to help me? Stuff like that. Finally, I asked him, who told you I had a headache? And he said, God did. <laughs> he also said God showed him in uh, line my headaches and that God loved me and he wanted to get rid of my headaches. I burst into tears that the God of the universe would care enough about me to send some stranger over to heal me. The man also asked if he could pray with me, and I said yes. So we prayed together. After we prayed, he gave me his card and told me if my headaches uh, went away, would I please write about it? Well, everyone, it's been a week and a half, and I haven't had any headaches. I have to praise God for loving me, praise God for healing me, for I know when God heals, he heals forever. Praise God for sending this man to heal me, and thank the man not only for listening to God, but for obeying him. I did speak with Shelley about a month later at the same store, and she did not have any headaches at all since the time we prayed. Now I'm all teary-eyed again. <laughs> I love that story because I don't rem- I didn't remember that she wrote about it afterwards. Yeah, I told her to write to me about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have a blog, and I would love to hear you, your story after, you know, a couple of weeks. Well, she actually started a blog of her own, and this was the story she posted That's on her amazing. blog. Because she just wanted to testify about how awesome it was that God healed her. <laughs> <laughs> she went to all that trouble. Well, yeah, she started a blog, a blog and, and wrote this as her first blog post um, to testify about her healing. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. And there's probably a lot of people listening. I mean, some people really know you well and they, and they um, understand that we've been given, you know, the power by Jesus to go out and heal the sick. But a lot of people still don't have that revelation yet. Um, so maybe we could go. This actually, yeah, brings up um, something I talked about in the first book 
Um, so I, I want to read the introduction, though. Yeah. So I wanted to just kind of give you sort of a feel for what these books are about. The first book, Divine Healing Made Simple, is really um, training. It is, it's a book that's designed to help people understand the concepts of divine healing and how the power of God can be released to heal the sick, even raising the dead, um, deliverance, and uh, things like that. Um, I tried to write the book in a way that made it very, the concepts very simple so anyone could understand them, whether you're a Christian or not. You don't have to have a, you know, a degree from a Bible college to understand this book. I really did try to write it at a, in a simple way that anyone can understand. Um, but one of the things, so the first book is training and equipping the saints. The second book that we're writing, The Craziest Adventures of God, is really a lot of stories. It's testimonies about uh, people that we've seen healed and different things. But there is going to be some teaching in the second book and the third book. Not as much teaching, mostly testimonies and stories. The first book is mostly teaching and a few stories. And some of the stories from the first book are told in their fullness in the second book. Um, and one of the things that I think my wife here wants to talk about is the misunderstanding that people have because a lot of people think, only some people have this gift of healing. Well, you're going to talk about, you're going to read the intro yeah. first. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So she's going to read the introduction to the book, Divine Healing Made Simple. Yeah. On the streets of Los Angeles, Steve Harmon spend his, spends his days meeting with friends, healing their illnesses, and teaching them how to release the power of God. In Great Bend, Kansas, Pete Cabrera Jr. runs a soup kitchen. The sick and crippled come in. They leave healthy and sound. Hundreds have been healed through this ordinary man who has a passion for seeing the sick made well. In Perth, Australia, Jesse Campbell releases the power of God on the townspeople each day while walking to the market. People are set free of demonic oppression. The sick are miraculously healed, and God's love is openly displayed for all to see. In Atlantic City, New Jersey, my friend Tom Fisher strolls the boardwalk healing the sick, casting out demons, and bringing strangers into a relationship with God. When the healed person stands in stunned amazement, trying to comprehend what just happened, Tom asks, ain't that crazy? And he really does. Oh, yes, <laughs> in he Denmark, does. <laughs> in Denmark, Helle's, Helle? Helle Stock. Helle Stock, a new believer, walks the streets with a friend healing dislocated shoulders and injured backs. She's been a Christian for 22 days. She's never read the Bible or taken a ministry class. In San Jose, California, Jose Coelho and his friends visit the waiting room of a hospital emergency department. They announce that Jesus will heal anyone who wants to be healed. Those who speak up are healed and leave the hospital. In Tacoma, Washington, a patient is diagnosed with life threatening internal bleeding in the emergency department. Six units of blood are transfused and an ambulance is called to transport him to another hospital for surgery. The paramedic prays with him during the transport. Upon arrival at the other hospital, no sign of bleeding can be found and the man is sent home. There is a movement sweeping the globe today. It's a wave of thousands of average people like you and me who are releasing the power of God in everyday situations. These people are electricians, plumbers, waitresses, truck drivers, 
insurance salesmen, counselors, paramedics, college students, and stay-at-home moms. Some are ex-drug addicts, and some have criminal records. Few of them have been ordained into ministry or attended a seminary. In the eyes of most people, they are completely unqualified to do what they are doing, yet they're touching strangers with the power of God everywhere they go. What amazes me about this movement isn't just the fact that ordinary people are being used by God to do miracles. It's the consistency of healing reported. Over the last five years, I have read and watched on video over 1,000 testimonies from the healed and the healers. Among the most active healers, the report reported success rates are over 80%. These aren't inflated estimates or wishful thinking. Many of the healings have been recorded on video and posted for public scrutiny. So that's the introduction. And I guess... Um, and by the way, the story about the paramedic in Tacoma who prayed with a man with life-threatening uh, bleeding, who was transferred and then sent home because they couldn't find him any bleeding, that story is in the second book. And that was Praying Medic. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing story. Um, it's one of my favorites, all-time favorite stories. So one of the things that we should probably talk about is um, some of the misconceptions and myths about healing. And one of them, the biggies, one of the biggies is I don't have the gift of healing. A lot of people, believers, think that they, that is a special man on the platform who can heal people. And so, uh, praying medic, how do you address this? Topic? Yeah, I hear this. Um, gosh, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, well, you know, I don't have the gift of healing. So I'm going to come to you and ask you to get my, my brother healed, my father healed. I have all these problems and, and <clears throat> people have this idea that you have to go and find the anointed man of God or the woman of God who has some special anointing for healing and, you got to get them to pray for your your sick friend or relative to get them healed. Um, I used to think this was true. Actually, I don't know that I ever thought this was true because up until the time that God gave me that dream, I didn't believe in healing at all. Um, but I thought maybe if healing was for real, that it was only for a couple of people, you know, very few. But <clears throat> the funny thing is, um, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I, my, my tagline in my messages is if a person like me can do this, anyone can do this. I was the biggest skeptic. I was an atheist until I was 38 years old. Um, I, I didn't go to Bible college. I don't have a special anointing. I, I don't have any special favor with God. He doesn't hear my prayers any more than he hears your prayers. Um, mm -hmm. there really is no special anointing or gift of healing that's just for certain people. Now, I will say this. <clears throat> people say, well, you know, what about the spiritual gifts? There are spiritual gifts of healing and gifts of miracles, and there's a gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues, and some people, you know, have one gift and some people have another gift. Not everybody has a gift of healing. Well, you know what? That's true in a sense. And here's how I, how I explain that. It's, it's been taught for years in the church, at least the section of church that believes in spiritual gifts, because a lot of the church doesn't. But if, you, if you're attending a church or you believe in that the spiritual gifts 
are for this current time period and they're valid for today, and I do. Um, they're, one of the misconceptions is that God only gives one or two gifts to each person, and he doesn't give all the gifts to everyone. Um, I don't necessarily think that's true because if you look at the gifts and you look at the teaching in 1 Corinthians um, on spiritual gifts, it basically teaches, Paul teaches, that the spiritual gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit as he wills and to whomever he wants at any given time. So it was popular years ago to, for people to try to figure out what their spiritual gift was. Some mm -hmm. people felt like they had only got one gift from the Holy Spirit and that was it. Some people thought, well, I have the gift of tongues and that's my gift and that's all I get. I don't get any other gifts. But the truth is anyone can operate in the gift of tongues. Um, the truth is anyone can operate in the discerning of spirits, which is another spiritual gift. Um, you may never have discerned a, a demon on anyone until one day you're sitting at a coffee shop and some woman starts um, acting strangely and the Lord tells you or shows you or you, a, a demon or you smell the smell of sulfur uh, and brimstone. and <laughs> You just know that you know that there's a demon on that person. It's, it's not uncommon at all for people to suddenly operate in a spiritual gift that they've never operated in before. Um, so rather than have this idea that uh, the spiritual gifts are, you're only given one or two of them. The truth is the Holy Spirit can use you in any of the spiritual gifts at any time, as long as you're open to it. So some people get words of knowledge and words of wisdom. A word of knowledge is nothing more for most people. Honestly, a word of knowledge is nothing more than an unusual pain somewhere in their body that they wouldn't normally have. Um, most of the people that I know who get words of knowledge They'll be sitting in a, in a healing meeting and they'll have pain in their knee and then they'll get pain in their back and they'll call out a word knowledge. Say, hey, does anybody have knee pain? And three people will raise their hands and they'll, they'll get healed because the guy who got the word of knowledge had knee pain that he wouldn't normally have or he got pain in his back or he developed a headache. A word of knowledge oftentimes is nothing more than unusual pain in your body that you've never had before. And that can, the Lord can do the, give that to anyone at any time. So, I, you know, I don't know that there's this a dynamic where the, God only gives you one or two gifts. God can use you in all of the gifts at any time as long as you're open to it. And the gifts of healing and miracles is the same way. Um, and here's, here is where most people don't really understand uh, the difference between the gift of healing and healing that is used... For, the gift of healing is a special kind of um, healing. If you look at the spiritual gifts, all of the spiritual gifts are given for the edification of the body of Christ. Um, that's how Paul opens the chapter in 1 Corinthians on the spiritual gifts. He explains that the gifts are for the edification of the body of Christ. So if you're operating in a spiritual gift, the purpose of it is to build up and edify the church, other believers. Okay? Now think about this. If you're out at a, uh, if you're at a grocery store 
and you're talking to a group of people who are not Christians who need healing, you are not going to be operating in the gift of healing if they get healed because they're not believers. And the gift of healing is specifically for um, the body of Christ. It's for believers. So the next question is, well, if, um, if the gift of healing doesn't operate for non-believers, then how do you get those people healed? Well, this is where healing in conjunction with the proclaiming the gospel is used. So if you read uh, Luke 10 and Matthew 10, in those two chapters, um, Jesus commissions the 12 to go out and the commission he gives them is to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, proclaim the kingdom of God. Those are the things that he told the disciples to do. Um, and he also then told when the, when the disciples, the 12 went out and did that, they came back. Everything was, went great. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then he sent out the 70 to do the same thing, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. So Jesus has commissioned his disciples, that's you and me, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. If you know any lepers, you can get them cleansed um, and proclaim <laughs> the kingdom. Um, and that is a commission that Jesus gave to all disciples, all believers of all ages. That is actually the only commission Jesus ever gave to his disciples directly. In the Great Commission, Jesus tells his disciples to obey all things that have commanded you. And ask yourself, what did Jesus command his disciples to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, proclaim the kingdom. So in the Great Commission, he was reiterating what he had already taught them to do. So the truth is, Jesus has commissioned all of his believers and all disciples for all ages to heal the sick. So you don't need to really ask yourself, if you have the gift of healing, you don't need to have the gift of healing because you've been commissioned by Jesus and given authority to, to heal. One of the things Jesus said to his disciples was, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Um, that mm. authority that he gave us includes authority over all forms of sickness. Amen. In Acts chapter 1, he said, uh, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. You will be endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, and that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit um, and God takes up residence, his Spirit takes up residence inside of us, we then have all the power we need to heal the sick. So if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have all the power you'll ever need to heal the sick and raise the dead. You already have the authority from Jesus to go out and heal the sick. So this whole idea of people thinking, I need to have the gift of healing before I can heal people, is not true. Jesus has given us all authority and all the power we need to heal the sick. There's so much more we could talk about. Yeah. But I think we'll probably have to wrap it up for today. I think this tonight. is a good first podcast. Yeah, um, it was fun. It was kind of fun. Um, just to let you know what's going down here. 
my wife and I have these, um, we have been having for years, these discussions after dinner around our kitchen table. And some of the most amazing revelation that I've ever received has come during these um, times after dinner where we sit around the table and talk about things. A lot of the um, status updates I've posted on Facebook um, came from the conversations that she and I have had after dinner. Um, the Holy Spirit will give both of us really cool downloads of information while we're having these discussions. And so we just figured, you know, I have said so many times, honey, we should be recording this because it's so cool what God is doing here. So what we're doing is we're basically going to, we hope to continue to do these messages with our after dinner discussions. Some of it is just going to be spontaneous talking. We're going to um, share our observations and things that we've learned and share about our dreams and experiences that we've had. And, and uh, it should be um, interesting, amusing, and mm -hmm. it, you may learn a, a, a thing or two, hopefully, if you listen to these uh, messages in the future. Yeah, so it's been fun. And we're going to do other things, too. I'll be interviewing uh, some of my friends who um, are very involved in healing and deliverance and um, dreams. And I'll, I'll try to make these podcasts as interesting as I can um, so that uh, it'll be a big benefit to you to, to tune into them. Yeah, and I should say we have a lot of friends who are also healing the sick, even raising the dead, um, certainly casting out demons. And, 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 and doing inner healing. Inner healing has become a big, uh, a much bigger issue mm -hmm. in the last, just in the last few months, I've noticed. Healing um, of emotions. This message is being, yeah, this being, message is being recorded first week of September, 2014. Um, although people have been doing inner healing for a long time, for some people have been doing it for decades. Uh, we have noticed that, um, and I'm, I'm just going to give you my own, personal perspective on this. It was around 2006 or 2007 when God really got a hold of a key group of people um, like Tom Fisher and Pete Cabrera and Todd White and Steve Harmon and Jose Huelo and uh, Torben Sondergaard and um, all these different people from around the world and started, he brought forth this group of people who most of them didn't have a whole lot of training and education, you know, and uh, but they went out and started doing a lot of street healing. We saw a lot of people physically healed over the last seven years or so. Um, I, I have noticed, I think, in 2014 that, that I think God is making a shift in emphasis, and I think he's going to start teaching us a lot more about emotional healing and inner healing, and I think we're going to see breakthrough um, in the next seven years uh, in er the areas of mental illness, uh, bipolar and schizophrenia and, um, dissociative disorder, dissociative identity disorder. Yes. I think, I think that the Lord is shifting the focus. I think he has keys for healing mental illness that he wants to give us. And I think as we pursue those things, I think we're going to see great breakthrough in the next seven years in the area of healing mental illness and healing emotional wounds so that's something that I think we're going to be talking a lot more about in the future. We'll still talk about physical healing, but, you know, honestly, I think a lot of the people who still have physical 
symptoms of illness and pain mm-hmm. that haven't been healed, I think their key lies in getting some emotional trauma healed. Yeah, absolutely. This is what God is focusing on. We're seeing it with a lot of uh, our friends um, through Facebook and our personal friends um, that God is really highlighting this area right now in this uh, moment in time. And so I think it's really important and it's one, it definitely is one of the keys to physical healing. Um, Digging into those emotions and getting Jesus to heal them. Uh, So yeah, very cool stuff coming up. Well, you have to get back to uh, creating a book cover for me. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a this is a fun little project. We'll be um, we'll be sharing more in the future future messages about the upcoming books. Hopefully, interviewing some cool people, mm-hmm. um, sharing with you some dreams, uh, what God is doing in our lives, and I just want to thank you for tuning in. And we would love it if you would pray for us um, if you get a few minutes of spare time. Amen. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, We will catch you on the next podcast. Uh, Praying Medic out. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.